30 through 34. I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to study your word this morning, and I pray that you would give us uh, tender hearts before you. I pray that your spirit would illuminate uh, and help us to understand uh, what, uh, how we can apply this to our life and live a, a changed life as a result of being confronted with your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Several years ago, I was listening to a, um, a local uh, radio talk show in the Carolinas, uh, and the host was talking to a TV news anchor, and this was on the, the radio station, TV station owned by the same company, and he was talking to her about one of her stories that she had uh, carried the night before in the 11 o'clock news. Uh, and this uh, news story featured a warning uh, to everybody who owned a GPS device. Now, this was several years ago or more than 10 years ago when people still had the, uh, primarily uh, used the standalone devices, GPS devices in their car instead of having a, um, a, a GPS in your pocket all the time with your phone. And her warning was this, and she uh, began to relate a, a series of um, uh, thefts and car break-ins related to people leaving their GPS in their car, leaving their dashboard, and and thieves would come and uh, knock out the window and steal the GPS device. Uh, and so uh, after she had relayed that story, uh, she, um, the, the, this, uh, this news anchor updated her story with a personal anecdote. And she told the story how the night before, after, right after she had been in the 11 o'clock news and given that story about all these break-ins and the, 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 the warning that people were breaking into cars and stealing GPS, she went home that night, drove home, walked by her husband's car, and you guessed it, in her husband's car was the GPS device in the dashboard, and she didn't do anything about it. And the next day when they got up, their, uh, G- their window was smashed out, and their GPS device was stolen. And so this news anchor was um, uh, reluctantly admitting that uh, she did not follow her own advice. She didn't follow the warning that was given out. She didn't do anything about the observations that she had been making. And in our passage this morning, uh, we're gonna, we, we look at this, this story of this overgrown field, this, uh, this field of the lazy man, and we come to two conclusions. There's two situations that a lot of times we're guilty of falling into. The first is that we, we fail to observe um, failures that go on around us, and the second is we fail to uh, put that into practice, learn from it, and to act upon it. And just like the news anchor just didn't act upon her own story and check to see if their, if their GPS device was removed from their vehicle, many times we do the very same thing that we notice of people around us. And this proverb of this overgrown field portrays failure as coming from two things, passivity and from pride. In other words, self-satisfaction. And it prompts us to examine our own lives to stop similar disasters from happening in the future. So it's a great little proverb that really challenges us. So the first thing we're going to look at, first point is, a wise person observes. 
a wise person observes. Um, so uh, in this proverb, this is you split up, if you were studying through Proverbs and trying to do, and, and reading about how it split up, this is the fourth section of Proverbs. Uh, and Solomon, um, starting in chapter 22, has compiled um, uh, about 77 Proverbs. Uh, so these are not likely his own original Proverbs, but he's compiled, compiled them from other uh, wise, uh, godly men, uh, godly people around him, and uh, put them here in the, uh, included him in his in, with his writings, um, and we we gather a lot from this passage here. And so, whether or not we call this this person that that says I went by the field, whether we call him a Solomon or a wise observer, um, either way. But the the point is that this is uh, likely. Um, a, a compilation that, that of Solomon's uh, proverbs that he'd come up with from other people's uh, observations. Uh, so as we look at uh, the, how the wise person observes, first of all, a wise uh, person observes, or a wise observation is intentional, is intentional. Uh, so we, we see here as it starts out here, uh, verse 30, I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. Solomon gives us a picture here of a, of a classic run-down property. And perhaps you, you picture a, a property in your neighborhood. Maybe it's not a vineyard, uh, probably not a vineyard. Uh, but perhaps you picture a, a house of someone that lives near you that they don't cut their grass and their, their fence may be falling apart and that their house needs painting and they haven't caulked in a while and the, the wood is starting to rot. You know, we see the, this around us. And maybe you, maybe you drive through more rural uh, settings and you, and you see fields that are like this, that used to be profitable, that used to bring forth fruit or um, some type of harvest and no longer does. The owners of that haven't done anything to that field for a number of years. And so what happens to fields when they're not taken care of? What happens to houses and buildings and properties when they're not taken care of? Well, exactly what's happening here. Solomon, or the the wise observer, says here, he goes by this field, and he he says, the field of the lazy man, and he describes it. He gives us a verbal snapshot. He said, the wall was broken down, so they no longer had any way of protecting their fruits, if they had any. And it's overgrown with thorns, and the, and the ground is covered with nettles. And so as you think through this, it's one of these uh, properties you probably wouldn't want to spend a lot of time on if you're just walking through, especially if you're barefoot. Uh, you, you'd, you'd avoid this property. It's not, not a pleasant property, not even, not even a pretty property to view. Uh, and instead of um, the property providing for the, the owner, it's been left to disaster. And you can imagine this wise observer... Uh, maybe perhaps he's, he pulls his chariot over, his family chariot over to the side of the road, and, and the, he just starts looking at this property. And the kid's like, oh, no, Dad's one of these things again. He's going to make us, he's going to talk about this property and what we can change on our own. Well, this is exactly what happens. He's considering the property. He's thinking or he's, he's discussing with his family, perhaps, or whoever is with him. I wonder what, what happened here in this situation. We, we don't see any uh, um, vines that are ripe with clusters of grapes. All we see here is uh, a run-down property that's overgrown. How, how long do you think that happened, kids? How long did it take for that to happen? Was that one night or one week? Or did this man just slowly over a period of time 
neglect his labors. Wise observation is intentional. And you know what? That's a very valuable lesson for each of us. And and there are many times in life that we're distracted or we have a lot on our plate and we're busy and we, we don't. Tend to, tend to observe things around us. But if, but if I were to ask you, do you enjoy observing things or do you enjoy watching people, maybe in a busy place, a busy setting? It's interesting to watch people around us. You can get pictures and snapshots of people and, the, and maybe some of the things they're going through or maybe some of the things they're struggling with or some of the situations that are going on just by watching people around you. And this passage is demonstrating that there is wisdom in observing people around you. And not in a way necessarily that's critical, that's saying, eh, I'm not like that person over there. At least I cut my yard. I, I paint my house. I weed my gardens. But it's, saying, it's looking at that and saying, there are lessons to be learned. And you think of even Solomon or whoever this wise observer is, you don't picture them as having feels like this. We don't picture them as, as necessarily having these same problems, but we'll, we'll see why this is so wise here in a little bit, uh, why, why there's such wisdom in taking the time, uh, taking the uh, effort and time into ob- observation and making it intentional in our lives. And so a lot of times it's just putting down what's distracting us, taking time to, to watch and observe people. And Solomon is, is a great observer of the manners and condition of men. And we know that just by his writings. There's a lot to be learned from watching other people. A lot to be applied to our own lives. Uh, why is observation and intentional? It's also why is observation identifies. So what does that mean? Well, he identifies the situation. Um, the author doesn't... Notice what he doesn't do. You don't see in here, well, that's my jerk of a neighbor who doesn't cut his yard. Um, he's devaluing my property because how his property is looking. Or we're going to have snakes and all kinds of vermin come over to our yard because... No, he doesn't do any of that. Um, and he uses terminology that, that we see elsewhere in Scripture, elsewhere in the Proverbs. Um, I went by the, the field of the lazy man and the, and the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. So he's identifying the sin really here, identifying the, the root problem. And not in a way of pride and saying, yeah, I'm not that person. I, I, I don't have fields that look like his. My crops are doing well. But it, it's, it's identifying what the root problem is here. The field of the lazy man. The vineyard of the man devoid of understanding, who lacks understanding. So he's identifying the sin as laziness, and he's, by implication, he's, he's giving the antidote or the answer to that is of diligence, hard work, planning, having endurance. And he also displays the consequences of sin and the perceived path that brought about that disaster. So um, we talked about how their observation is intentional, and you're, you're identifying the sin here. Um, there's, there's a bit of uh, logic brought here, or even imagination thinking, you know what? There is a process of, of how disaster comes upon people. It's not an overnight thing. That man did not have, does, does not have this, uh, this property that's overgrown, and that did just happen since yesterday or last week. That happened over a period of time, 
in a period of, deci- of decisions that man made. We'll look at the, his decisions at the end, towards the end here. Um, but there's identifying the steps that brought this man to this disaster. So, so we don't see necessarily here complaining by, by the, the wise observer here. But we see identification of sin. We see um, a, an implication that there are steps to take to avoid that and then uh, describing how that guy came about there. So in, in Proverbs, there's uh, many verses that talk about the lazy man or the, the slothful or... Uh, the, the the man that the and the sluggard and it sounds like something you would uh, it sounds it sounds like a, a name that's not very kind but it's identifying the sin here and these this is what some of these verses says in uh, chapter twenty six says as the door turns upon his hinges so does the slothful upon his what upon his bed um, next verse the sluggard buries his hand in the dish and it wears him out to bring it back to his mouth it's pretty descriptive of a lazy person. Whoever is slothful will not roast his game. So he goes out, hunts, and shoots an animal, and then too lazy to do anything about it and provide a meal with that. The slothful will not plow by reason of the what? The cold. It's too cold. I don't want to go out there and plow. Come on. It's it's comfortable in here. And then uh, chapter 22 says, the sluggard says, there's a lion outside. I shall be killed in the streets. So he makes up these ridiculous excuses of why he doesn't need to go out. So uh, don't, uh, kids, don't do this when you're asked to do the dishes. Oh, there might be a lion in the kitchen. Uh, you can make all <laughs> kinds of good excuses like the sluggard. The last one here, uh, like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard or the lazy person to those who send him. That's, a, that's an apt description of, of, of a lazy person. You say, what does that mean? Well, the one that sent him. In other words, the, this lazy person has been given a task but he doesn't carry it out, and it's very irritating. It's very um, galling to the person who has, who has given this task, whether it be a child or whether it be an employee. It says, like, vinegar to the teeth. So how many of you like um, putting vinegar in your teeth? Or smoke to the eyes. How pleasant is that? That's what the Proverbs is describing, the person who doesn't carry out his responsibilities, who is not faithful in the task that he or she should do. That's as irritating as smoke is to the eyes. And a lot of times, and, and people, if you have your responsibility as a parent or as an employee, an employer or other that person over somebody, you can identify with that. You're like, yeah, that's irritating. That's super irritating when I give someone a job to do and they don't do it. Put yourself in that position of the person who is supposed to be doing something and doesn't carry it out. That's irritating to people around us. Uh, laziness, I mean, this, this, this passage directly deals with laziness, but it's not the only sin that can be, that is observable around us and that can be learned from. You, you take, about, take the sins of immorality and, and uh, infidelity in marriage, and you think, boy, that, you can see the destruction that happens. And maybe you have family members that have gone through divorce or neighbors or coworkers, and you can tell, you can see the, the damage that has been done to them or their kids or their wife or husband or, or other family members that have happened because of that. And you can observe that and learn from that. Perhaps you can learn from uh, observing the lack of discipline in other people's kids. And you, that 
and it it's, can be an annoyance. You're like, I wish they would uh, discipline their kids for that. It's, it's annoying, but then you think, well, you know what? Maybe I'm letting things slide. Maybe I haven't um, confronted or, or given reproof to my own children. Uh, the Bible talks a lot about speech, and uh, James um, calls our our tongue as a it's a fire, a world of unrighteousness, full of deadly poison. That's very observable. We can you can see, notice people around you and how they speak to other people, and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? But then you can think, you know what? I wonder, maybe I don't say those exact things, but maybe I think them, or maybe. I'm kind of on that progression of getting to there where I, where I treat people that way, where I respond to people, where I'm sarcastic or where I'm complaining. And we can observe sins and things around us and apply that to our own lives. So whether it's laziness and not, um, not being diligent and hardworking. And again, we, in, a, in, a, in a church plant setting, there's, there's not much laziness. We're the church of hard workers. We look at VBS and everybody does work here. We all... We spread that that we spread the work around, and we really appreciate everybody who pitches in and helps out in so many ways. But there are, are areas of our life that we, well, maybe I've been a little bit lazy in my walk with God, or my prayer life, or my uh, time with my family, or there's many other ways that we can apply this to our life. And we think, you know what? I'm not at that point that I observe other people at, but maybe I'm kind of on that path. Maybe I'm not um, totally right there, but, but there are some things I can learn from that person. Uh, wise observation is also instructional. Uh, the key part of this, uh, of this little passage here, verse 32, this, this wise observer says, When I saw it, and he's talking about all this, this field that has a broken down wall and thorns and, and nettles and all kinds of... Um, uh, weeds going on here. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it, and what does it say there? And received what? Instruction. We can learn from the other pe- other people's mistakes that we've been as we've kind of building up to this point here. This wise observer didn't take a quick, superficial view of this field, but he spent time in meditation on it. Thought, you know what? There are some things that I can change. There's some things that I can change in my own life, and maybe I've neglected my own fields in a little way. But I don't want even that little way to to continue and to multiply. One writer says it this way: Meditation is the nurse of knowledge and prudence. It furnishes our minds with truths, and applies them to the heart, and teaches us to live in a manner suitable to them. Solomon and this this wise observer are already wise, but they desire more wisdom. You get more wisdom by, by meditating on things and by observing things and applying God's scripture to the principles and to the things that we see around us. Um, some people, when they look upon disasters and catastrophes in the lives of other people, they learn self-conceit. And I'm pretty good on this. I don't, there's not, I'm, I'm not there. Or self-indulgence. I, I, I don't need to do anything. I'm pretty good. Um, and and the, obviously the, the trap here is to avoid is to 
avoid falling into is our superior our superiority of virtue. You know, we, we, we don't want to say, well, I'm not bad because there's someone worse than me. Um, our wisdom grows when we learn from the mistake, our own mistakes, from the mistakes of other people, and we, we apply principles of God's word to remedy that or to avoid it. Um, so when we, observe, when we observe a lazy person or a person trapped by vices or a person who is not walking with God, we can meantime observe the, the harm that they're doing to themselves. And a wise observer looks at that and instead of, instead of um, congratulating ourselves on not being there, can say, you know what, there's some things I need to change. I can receive instruction after, after viewing the, um, the destruction of somebody else's life. And I, of course, this is not um, negating our, our duties as believers to help other people who are hurting. And Galatians 6 tells, uh, tells mature believers in, in a gentle spirit to help restore people who have fallen and who are, who are entrapped by their sins. And this is not any disregarding that, that truth, but this is saying we can observe from the damage that other people go through in their life. Uh, and as Proverbs often does, it teaches us that skillful biblical living involves learning and avoiding the, learning from and avoiding, avoiding the mistakes of other people. Proverbs are, is, teaches us to have skillful living. And many times we can avoid pitfalls that other people make when we simply uh, observe and um, find instruction from that. Um, I was uh, brought, brought up to, to, to be able to... Um, I, I, learned, I learned from my, my dad specifically how to repair things, and he would often uh, keep all kinds of things that he would come across, old boards or bolts or all kinds of things, and uh, he would oftentimes find uses for this and repair things from that. So I've um, t- taken on some of that, and um, what that means sometimes is you end up with a garage full of all kinds of things. Um, sometimes they're useful. I just uh, A couple, couple months ago, our, our front doorknob broke, and I didn't have to go run out to Home Depot. I had a box of doorknobs. Um, <laughs> and I was able to pull out, a, pull out a, a part and fix the doorknob without even leaving the house. Um, that may be one of the few um, happy endings of the junk that's in my garage. But there, there are some things that do keep me in check. Obviously, my, my family is patient with me, and that helps me, helps me remember that. Um, I also consider our recent moves and think, you know what, moving with a box of doorknobs isn't the wisest thing. And, and there's a refrigerator that I picture in my mind. Uh, so a number of years ago, uh, I was, uh, we lived in South Carolina, I was uh, an executor of a will uh, of a of property approached me and said, there's this property I want you to, to clean up. Uh, and it was somebody who was pretty much a hoarder that you may see in some of these TV programs. And uh, it was, a, and they, I was just doing the outside. Uh, so there was bed springs and galore and vines growing through all of it and bowling balls and boxes of shoes. And, but in the middle of this, there was this um, standalone garage. Uh, and uh, I had a couple of teens that were helping with this. And we went to this garage to kind of see what was in there. And we were kind of going through the there's old records, and they were kind of cool. And uh, then one of the teens spotted a, a refrigerator. And before, I mean, he's like, I wonder what's inside the refrigerator. And it's one of those situations you're like, no. <laughs> and so he opens that refrigerator and... Worst refrigerator ever. It's what you smell. 
I picture that yard sometimes when I'm looking at the shelves in my garage. And so that's <laughs> learning from the mistakes of other people. Observations can help us to uh, avoid the mistakes of other people. A wise person observes. Also, uh, a wise person acts on things, takes action. It's not, just, not, just, it's not enough to um, observe things, but it's to take action on these. Wise actions come from wise thinking. Uh, it's not a, um, a uh, revelation, but it, it's a principle you can put in place here. Um, verse 33, uh, he goes through this process of, of considering, I wonder what happened to this person who their, who their feel came to this point. And he said, describing this lazy person, he, um, he says, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, so shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. So what a great way of describing it, the, the process of this person, this lazy man, how it came to pass. Uh, time was wasted. Uh, this, person, uh, this lazy person probably enjoyed their sleep and, and, and took too much of it and wasn't satisfied with that and put off what he knew he should be doing over a long period of time. And we know how that is. We know that's what that's like. I mean, there's, there's tasks that we don't like. Uh, whether it's taxes, and that's my, I, I hate doing taxes, and so it's, I put that off as long as possible, but the day before. Um, or, uh, or whatever it is, we tend to put things off, uh, and the workload grows on us until one day, like this man's vineyard, it, it lays in ruins. And I, and I see this in, uh, when I'm painting houses, the exterior of houses, and it, you, can, you can look at a house and say, this, this house was not painted in a long time. It was, they didn't caulk the, the areas around the wood and the, and the siding. And because they didn't take those, those, those steps, the wood is rotted, and it's going to cost them a whole lot more to replace that wooding and then paint it. Um, and, so, and you can apply that to whatever your, your field of work is. You know that when things are put off, they, they, the, the workload multiplies. And in your maintenance of your car, you know if you put off maintenance of your car, things get harder and more costly, or you'd have to replace more. So Paul tells us what we need to put off we, 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 and what to put on. So if you put off passivity, what do you put on? You put on, what, diligence, hard work? Um, if we put off procrastination, um, what would be the opposite of that? Perhaps uh, anticipation. So anticipating what we need to be doing this next year uh, uh, on things. Anticipating what we need to be doing in our own lives, in our own walk with God. Put off pride in our feeling of, yeah, I'm satisfied with the way things are, with the way I am, and put on self-examination. So wise actions are a result of, of, of wise thinking. Wise actions also uh, prevent costly failure. Um, and, and, and in here we see... The description here, there's two different uh, people that are, that, are, that are included here to, de- to describe how poverty or, or um, destruction comes upon us. It says as a prowler and as an armed man. Uh, so, uh, I mean, you, pi- you picture these and they give us an apt description of how um, destruction, how consequences, how poverty, and how consequences come as a result um, of a, a um, of a person who of a of a of a thief. There is a certainty if you leave valuables in your front yard, you will likely have a thief that comes by and steal them. 
There's a, there's a certainty of that happening. If you uh, walk away from your computer in, in a public place for long enough, it, it'll, it'll disappear. Um, it says it, it's also like an armed man. The word there literally means someone who carries a shield. Uh, so there is, it's, it's personifying poverty or consequences as, uh, that shields all attempts to um, overcome the, the effects of poverty or the, the effects of uh, the consequences of putting things off. So there's costly failure that, that will happen if we don't observe things and then put uh, principles of God's word into practice. We don't change the way we act. Finally, uh, last point here is wise actions become wise teachings. So when we take, up, when we take upon ourselves to take the step of, of, of observing other people and noting destruction that happens in life situations and saying, I'm going to be different here. I'm going to apply God's principles to, uh, to avoid that situation. When we take upon these actions, we ourselves can be teachers of other people. Just like this wise observer that Solomon records here, looks upon it, considers it, receives instruction, knows what actions that he or she must take. We're to be teachable. Um, Proverbs tells a lot about that. It says, give instruction to a wise man and he will be yet wiser. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he that hates reproof is brutish. Fool despises his father's instruction, but he that regards reproof is wise. We're talking about that now this morning in our uh, teen discipleship and how, um, can we tell me the the king that we're talking about this? Manasseh, Manasseh, yes. And so Manasseh, uh, one of the most wicked kings in the southern kingdom of Judah, uh, uh, not only departs from his... uh, father's godly reign uh, but takes takes the nation of judah with him and is more evil than the nations the pagan nations that were there before israel and it said that he was confronted by by prophets and people that brought truth to him and he rejected it to the point where he was carried away in chains and it was finally that point that he was in prison and chained in, in babylon that he repented of his sins and that said that he finally knew God and God heard him uh, and allowed him to go back to Judah and be, and be king for a few more years and he changed. You think of all those years that he wasted. You think of all the consequences of being a prisoner of war and being taken away and being imprisoned by another country and all he had to do was respond to correction in the right way. We, we, we see that around us. We are given instruction. We see instruction from God's word. And it says that we need to love instruction. And it's not a natural thing to love to, love to be told what we're doing is wrong. It's not. A fool despises his father's instruction, but he that regards reproof is wise. Smite a scorner, and the simple will beware. So this, again, this is an observation principle here that a scorner, a person who is far down the line of being a fool, does something and, and, and receives um, correction and receives punishment that, and a simple person uh, who sees that happen will beware. 
that's as simple as driving by and you see someone get pulled over. Yeah, you gotta, I got to slow down here. I got to think, I'm going too fast. There's consequences for that. That's a simple illustration, but there's a lot of deeper things that we can see, especially if we tend to be uh, simple in the ways that we should be um, wise in. And we see other people, the foolish person or the scorner, receive consequences for sinful action. Learn from those. So when you watch other people, teens, when you watch other people and they... You see them make horrible choices and get consequences. Learn from that. And as adults, we can do the same thing of watching other people and learning from the consequences and the destructive lifestyle that, it, that happens. Um, there is severe discipline for him who forsakes the way. Whoever hates reproof will die. So there's consequences that come as, as a result of... Um, not learning from other people's mistakes, not learning from, from reproof, not receiving instruction. So there's this property near my parents' house, about a half a mile away, uh, that used to be this big, grand property. Uh, and even what, about 25 years ago, um, before Julie and I were married, we used to walk down there and take pictures. There's a horse out there in the field, and there's this big, grand house at the top of the hill. Uh, and it was... I don't know if it was a plantation, but it was some type of estate that likely um, encompassed many of the, much of the acres around that are their neighborhoods. Uh, and it was one, and we used to walk up to the, it was, we could tell it was, people weren't living there, but we could walk up to the front, look in the, look in the windows and see like murals on the wall painted of the property. It was a really cool house. Um, but over the years, it started falling into disrepair and decay, uh, even to the point of when we were, high school and college um, after the soccer, Friday night soccer games people go down there because it was the haunted house and so we'd go down there and hide and wait for other people to come there and we'd jump out and scare them it was, it was a lot of fun but it eventually decayed to the point and um, one year and, and so this house a lot of times when we go back for Thanksgiving at my parents house and all of our families come back we, what we, after our Thanksgiving meal we'd walk down there and, but one year we walked over there and the house had burnt down uh, and the house was, was in, it was in ashes and pretty soon um, all the um, uh, the surrounding fields had grown six feet tall of weeds and all kinds of uh, brush and stuff. And so it went from a really pretty property to a property that was overgrown. Just the exact picture of this, of what happens in a life where things are left to decay. Things are not maintained. And this passage gives us an admonition, a warning to not let that happen in our own lives. And when you see consequences happen to other people, observe that and learn from that and make changes in your own life and you will, you will avoid a lot of heartache. And you'll really experience the blessings of God when you put God's principles in play early on in our lives. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and how it uh, points out um, areas in our life that we need to change and make uh, changes to. I pray that you would help us to be observers of people and situations around us and that we would be able to receive instruction from uh, consequences that happen to other people, consequences that your word warns about. And I pray that you would help us to be able to receive instruction from your word, receive instruction from 
what we see around us to welcome reproof instead of spurn it. I pray that you'd help us to make changes in our life that will please you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.